Well, last week, I'm ringing, aren't I? Is that better? Can you hear me? Okay, sorry. Um, worst case, we'll go to the mic. But um, so last week, we played that song, The Goodness of God. And Jay talked about the goodness of God and getting in touch with that. And, and what that means is God, touching God's goodness of, in our life, having that goodness as a part of our life. And when I got to thinking about it, I thought, you know, it's true. There is goodness, and we have access to that, and it's supposed to be a part of our lives every day, but we don't always feel it in our lives every day. But Steve Coger got up and said, you know, we're not alone. It's not just up to us. And he quoted um, John 14 in 17. He says, but you know him, for he lives with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So I'm thinking, okay, so here's God's goodness, and we can get in touch with that, but is it dependent on me to always have this goodness in my life? How am I supposed to sustain this? You know, um, is, there, is there something more than just those words that I can hold on to and apply to my life? I mean, I want this goodness, and I want it all the time, no matter what season hits my life. So I thought about these questions, and I thought, well, why don't we jump off right where Jay and Steve were at? You see, in the chapter of um, 14 through 17, in the book of John, Jesus is saying his farewell to the disciples. He has explained to them that he is going and he's leaving them. At this point, Judas Iscariot has already left to go betray Jesus before he's crucified, to hand him over, to be arrested. And Jesus has said, you know what? I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit in place of me. Now, the disciples are trying to wrap their heads around this. You see, because Jesus is explaining to them as well that you're going to do greater things than these. Well, what does he mean by that? You see, all those miracles of healing that Jesus did, all those people that Jesus touched, all that goodness of love that he was spreading no matter who, no matter where he was at, he was expecting these disciples to do the very same thing. So they're having these same questions going, how do we do that? What do you mean? Wait, you're going? It's just going to be me? How am I supposed to sustain this? How am I supposed to do this? And what does that look like? So in these same questions, Jesus, in his farewell discourse, because this is pretty much the last story he's going to tell the disciples, he gives them an allegory. Now, an allegory is a presentation of truth, or it's a moral, but it uses things that are symbolic. This means that, okay? And he uses this allegory, this story, to encourage the disciples, to convict the disciples that they can do this. And he gives them a broad picture of how this is going to look like and what this is going to do. Now, the strength of this allegory is that it's so simplistic. But being simplistic, it has very complex, deep insights in throughout it. Now, when Jesus is talking, and I call this life in the vine, he talks about remaining and abiding now, when we remain and we abide, and there's an outline there in your, um, 
in your bulletin. Um, remaining and abiding is to stay close. It's to t- stay and continue to stay close to the source. It's also a continuing condition of a person, okay? Now, to undergird this story, to strengthen it, there's actually some structures that he weaves in through the allegory, and they're designed, like I said, to strengthen the disciples, to give them something to hold on to so they can remember it and they can apply it to their lives. You see, the story has connectivity to it, it has a pattern in it, and there's some continuity to it. There's some continuation for the story. Now, the first is connectivity. And I have, I, I don't draw very well, so there's my little arrows there. My stick people look bad, but, you know. The idea is that there is a gardener, right? So we have a vine. There's a gardener. <laughs> And there's a vine. The vine has branches. The branches bear fruit. Okay, so you have a visual there of what's going on. And Jesus is very plain with the symbolism in the allegory in that the gardener is the father. The vine, those are, that's the son, I'm sorry. The branches are the disciples. And whenever you hear the disciples, you can put yourself in there. It's us, okay? And the fruit. The fruit is kind of the knowledge of God, it's the love of God, it's sharing God with others and bringing them into the fold, so to speak. These are not really random things, though. These are all living things that are connected to one another and have action and response. They need each other in this, and so they are connected, all right? Now, the story also connects with the disciples because, see, they got it. They could identify with the story because they lived in an agricultural society. They knew all about raising vineyards, all right? So they're clear on the relationship that Jesus presents in the allegory. So we're going to read in John chapter 15, 1 through 8. I think we have it up here for you guys. If not, we have Bibles right underneath um, your chairs, though. There we go. It says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now, to kind of give you an idea of the connectivity that we're talking about here, the gardener provides resources for the vine. He cares for the vine. He loves the vine. He gives the vine whatever it needs to flourish. All right? 
But what the gardener also does is he looks at the vine and the branches to see if it's producing. Is it living a productive life? And if not, if it's an unproductive life, then he judges it and cleans it and trims it and cuts it. All right? Now, the difference between cutting and pruning is that cutting is that it's separated from the vine completely. I've got visual aids here for you, okay? It's withered, it's dry, it's detached. It's not a part of the vine anymore. A cutting would be that he actually would trim up a smaller piece and let that piece grow back, okay? No, what the gardener also does is he looks for results. How well is that vine doing? How well are those branches growing? And he gives the resources in order for it to nourish. Now, what does the vine do? Now, remember, the vine is the sun here. The vine takes those resources and takes of himself to give to those branches. He has a life source within him, which is the Holy Spirit, which connects out to the branches and nourishes them and gives them whatever they need to flourish. It gives of itself. It gives away what it is given to the branches. But it is dependent on the Father. All right? Now let's talk about the branches. As branches, they receive the nourishment that the vine gives. The branches react and respond to that nourishment. Now as branches, we have the opportunity to respond and produce fruit or internalize. And when we internalize, it can get dry. It can get withered and not produce fruit. The branch is supposed to produce fruit, and it's supposed to grow, and that's what the gardener is looking for. Now let's talk about the fruit. The fruit bears the image of the vine. There's an old story. If you cut an apple and you, and you took a look at the seed and you were able to split the seed of the apple, that the apple has the actual DNA and picture of the tree of the apple within it. Fruit is known, you know, the tree is known by its fruit. We know that, right? But fruit is supposed to beget itself. It contains the seeds for more fruit. And it also brings delight to the gardener. So connectivity is seen by each part being dependent on the other. The branches are connected, but they are totally dependent on the vine for those resources. They cannot live alone. And Jesus uses the word remain 11 times from verses 4 through 10. Usually when he says it once, okay, all right, I got it. He says it twice, yeah, I heard you. But 11 times? Remember, he is wanting the disciples to remember this when he's gone. So he says it over and over and over again. You have to remain in me. The branches cannot do life without being close to the source. Remember we said that's what remaining is, being close to the source. These branches receive from the Father, and they're connected to the vine, and the fruit is the result of that same connection. And... If they're not alone, if you're in a continuing condition of staying with Jesus, then you will see that fruit, and it happens again and again. Now, when Jesus is talking about not just connectivity, because remember, the disciples are feeling like they're going to be alone because Jesus is leaving, and so they, they they have this aloneness, and he's saying, no, you are connected to me. 
You're connected to the life source that is in me because it is in you, right? But he also wants to show them how this works. So he gives them a pattern. And there's no other place in the Bible where Jesus actually gives a pattern. And why is that? You see, because when Jesus went around healing and touching people, he never healed the same person the same way twice. Why is that? Because people, charlatans, would come and patent that pattern and try to say, this is the way it is, and sell it. And I mean, we've had books, we've had things written on, this is the way this should be done, right? But now for the disciples, Jesus is leaving, and he wants to show them how simple this life in the vine really is. You are connected, but you can do it this way. So let's read verses 9 through 10. It says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love just as I obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. Now when you talk about a pattern, it's an original. It's a form that's worthy of being imitated, right? It's also a complex of integrated or connected parts that function as a whole. All right? So connected parts, we've already talked about connecting, working as a whole. So in this pattern that Jesus gives them, look what it says. The Father loves the Son. The Son loves the Father. The Son then loves the disciples. It goes this way, this way, this way. From one person to another person to another person, right? Remain in my love and obey my commands just as I have obeyed my Father's command and remain in his love. So essentially it boils down to Jesus saying, I did this. You do this just like I did this. If you wanted to go even further, you could say, what I did for the Father, I now do for you. Now go do it for others. You see the pattern? What I did for the Father, I now do for you. Now go do to others. When um, I work at a school, and they just started adding um, preschoolers. I work for a school that um, uh, deals with kids on the autism spectrum. And I was hearing a teacher training, and they're teaching little ones, and they're saying, when you teach little ones, you have to show them how to do it. You get them to do it, and you do it together, and then you let them do it right? So the teacher would say, pronounce buh. Now you pronounce buh. Buh, right? Let's say it together. Buh. All right. So I did it. I'm going to have you do it. Let's do it together. Now go do it yourself. All right? You see the pattern. That is the pattern that he gives them. And eventually, it's going to be our turn to share the story. It's going to be a continuation then, not only of this connectivity, not only of this pattern of life in the vine, but we're supposed to continue this to the next generation. They are part of the fruit that is supposed to come with this, right? So let's talk about fruit, because fruit actually has a couple meanings to this. It's the knowledge of God. It's sharing his love. It's bearing witness to God and having that same life bear witness to the world about who Jesus is. It's a change in nature, from your old nature to your new nature. Your new nature, if you want to look at Galatians 5.22, you don't have to turn there, 
is about having love and joy and peace and kindness and patience, gentleness and self-control. Those are all parts of the new nature that we have that's part of the fruit of the Holy Spirit being in our life, right? But the fruit is also those that you brought in to be a part of the vine. So it's a multifaceted word, fruit that remains, fruit that lasts. It has some longevity to it, okay? So we're going to read John 15, 11 through 17 now. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I've learned from my father I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. Now, what's interesting is a lot of people take off on those last couple of verses. You see, there are Calvinists that say, I am pre-chosen, I am predestined, right? The issue is, there are already believers here. Jesus is saying, I'm appointing you to go get fruit, to go minister, to go bear witness, to share the gospel of my life and my story. That is what the fruit is, and that is what he's chosen us all to do. All right? The other is, ask whatever you want in my name. Well, prosperity gospels everywhere use that verse and draw on that verse. Now, to a point, yes, we can ask and come to the Father for anything we need. But in context, here it is saying, if you need to go bear fruit, if you need to grow and be nourished, then you need to remain in the source and be with the Father. Then you can ask what you need. Lord, I need peace in my life. He will give you peace. Lord, I need freedom from addiction and things that blight the things of my life and shut me down. He can do those things for you. And that's what he means by ask what you want in my name. Life in the, in the vine is a picture of how connected we are to be with the Son. Our dependence on him sustains us. He's an example for us. And in his loving ways, in his obeying ways, in sharing with others. And we learn what we've been given, and we learn to give it away by his example in order to produce fruit, to have life in the vine. Love came into the world through Jesus, and it's now to remain in the world through the community of his disciples. We are the community. We are the people of God. Jesus remains in the world because we are in the world and are to bear witness to the world. We give what we've been given. And the Holy Spirit is God's way of being present with us. And he will make our life and work continuous with Jesus' life and work. That's how it repeats itself. That's how it continues itself. It's because we do what the Father did. We do what the Son showed us how to do. It also, Eugene Peterson talks about its spiritual formation. Not telling you, though, how it's done. It's not a one, two, three step. But spiritual formation is primarily what the Spirit does, forming the resurrection life of Christ in us 
so that we can share it with others. So then it goes back to those questions we had at the beginning. Is the goodness of God available for me at all the times? Yes. Yes, it is. Because no matter what season, the gardener is always overlooking the vine. He is always caring, always loving, always providing what that vine needs, whether it's winter, spring, summer, or fall. It's not up to us to maintain this. We are not just a branch hanging out by itself. If we were, we would look like this instead of this. Do you get it? I don't want to look like this. I want to look like this. And Jesus has that life source in him. And that life source um, is within the vine. Now, what I learned about uh, vineyards is that they actually set up the vines in a T-shape. So that's why I used the cross here to help me out. Because the main vine goes up and down, and then the branches they call arms spread out. And... Excuse me. So he gives us the pattern of how to understand it. And then we continue it for others. But aside from all that, because we've talked about that now, how do we do it? How do we do this thing? I mean, here's this wonderful picture, and, and we have an idea of how this can work and how we can apply it to our lives, but what today can we do? So my first thing that I want to tell you is, Positional proximity. That means remaining close to the source. Mary stayed at the feet of Jesus. The disciples followed Jesus. They ate with him. They, they um, did the miracles with him. They remained with him. They prayed with him. They were a community together. They did life together. The next thing we can do is we can surrender. We can let go and let God. And instead of being in control, instead of always having it our way and doing it our way, we can let God have his way. God's way may not be our picture. In fact, God's way may be to prune off fruit that we do have to lay down the good for the great. And that hurts sometimes. Because we feel like we've gained ground and we've gotten something done. And we're here, look what I've accomplished. But the Lord says, I can do more if you'll let me. Let me make a way in you to do more. Pruning also strengthens the weak. Sometimes we get so busy doing stuff for the Lord that we don't actually spend time remaining close to the source and being in the Lord. And Jesus will prune those things that weigh you down. And once you prune something that weighs you down, you're lighter, you're freer, you begin to get strength on your own because he is nourishing you. And that nourishment goes directly to you instead of all these other little things that you're attached to. Lastly, it's remaining. We said it's a continuing, continuing condition. Well, today, what, what I think of remaining is that I spend my time with him. If I'm in the car, I'm praying. If I'm at home or alone or, or somewhere else, I've got the music on. I've got worship music on. If I'm reading books, I'm reading books on my relationship with the Lord. It's all the things that you, little things that you do in your walk every day that's not a work-related thing, 
It's a relational thing. When you pray, you are talking to your friend, your father. And that's how the goodness of God is always a part of your life. He loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love, and he wants you to be connected to him. He cares about you. He knows every need that you have, every circumstance, every situation. And he has the answer. He has the resource to change it. He doesn't want to leave you like this. That's not who he is. So I'm going to close here, but I wanted to kind of give you an idea of it's not real hard to figure out where you are in the process. When I mean the process is that really um, very early spring before there are, um, just as the buds are just starting to push on the vine, the gardener comes and starts looking at the vine and saying, okay, what do I need to do here? Do I need to trim this section? Do I need to train it? And what I mean by training is what I learned is that once you have, a, let's say you have a section like this off your vine growing, and maybe it's not growing the direction that you need it to grow, because technically the vines are all supposed to reach from east to west, okay? And instead of it being a mess, the gardener will clip off areas and then or tie the areas so that it goes straight in the direction that he wants it to go. That's very much like God's direct touch in our lives to put us in the direction that we need to go. And sometimes we can figure out where we are in the process of life in the vine by what's going on in our lives. If you are alone, if you are desperate, if you have never been or felt the Father's goodness or touch, then you are much like this vine that's been separated and it's been separated because it's chosen to go its own way. It's refused to have any part of the father or the vine. And so it is alone. It's been separated and it's dead. And later it gets judged because it didn't want to be a part of the relationship of the father. Maybe instead you're confused and you're worried and you're wondering what's going on. I can't hear the Lord. I can't see the Lord. Where is that goodness that he's talking about? Well, that may be that you need to get back in the pattern of understanding what the Lord is doing. That you need to get back to the source and remain in the vine. And instead of going to go this way or this way and looking for this book or the next greatest speaker on what to do and what to hear and rushing up every time to have somebody say a word of you, why don't you go back to the source? You need to hear God for yourself because God will talk to you. He will teach you the right way to go and the right path to set your feet upon. So maybe you're in good shape. Maybe you're going, hey, everything is good. I'm on fire. I've got passion for the Lord. You know what he would say to you? Then remain and do it again. Remain and do it again. So the whole point of this message is that we are dependent on the vine and that if we ever get thinking that we are alone or we, how can I do this? It's not up to us. It's up to the Lord. And he helps sustain us. It is him that causes the growth in our lives. It is him that causes us to walk in the direction. All we need to do is respond. Respond to that love and that life source that is within us. So if you all stand with me.
I don't know, you want to, Adam, come back up? Can. So I just want to give you guys the opportunity to respond because, you know, we all are in different parts, in different seasons of our life. And you can generally tell, like I said, by what's going on in your life. And the Lord has something for you at every stage of life in the vine. So if you're feeling disconnected, then I encourage you to get with others so that you can be connected. And we have people here that are doing groups and doing life together that we can help you be a part of. If you need more, like I know I, I'm meant to do something. I've been, I've been hearing a lot. I've been internalizing a lot, but I'm not producing fruit. The Lord will give you ways and opportunities to do that. You just got to remain in the source. So we're